Warning, this podcast contains horror themes. Please read the warnings in the description before continuing. We hope you have a wonderful existence. I shouldn't exist. My. She shouldn't exist. She shouldn't exist. I thought she didn't exist. She shouldn't exist. So why do I? For show and tell this week, Mortality Works has brought I Exist, Episode 2, Making Friends. Please keep all your questions till the end. Why here? No good trees anywhere. All they've got are bushes and more bushes. Ugh. All small sticks and rustling. Also, in trees, if I'm found, I can pretend to be relaxing in high places. Bushes just make people think you're weird. Where are you? Where? Ah, there you are. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Case. Three four three five seven nine one zero D. Date slash time occurred between two and three PM. Eighteenth of March two thousand nine. Date time notified three oh five PM eighteenth of March two thousand nine. Location Glynburn Road, Burnside, Renfield House. Crime Murder Notes Joseph Miller, thirty two years old. Born 8th of January, 1977. Caucasian male, 177 cm tall. Weighs 73 kilograms. Broad shoulders, brown hair, brown eyes. Husband of Andrew Miller. Mr. Miller received six stab wounds. Three non-fatal stab wounds. Across arms indicating attempted defense. One non-fatal stab wound to the abdomen. And two fatal stab wounds to the chest. Both piercing the lungs. One of the stab wounds also piercing the heart, causing death. Additionally, blunt force trauma to the head, which appears to have been caused from a fall backwards, where the victim's head collided with the edge of a coffee table, appears to have occurred after the initial three stab wounds, died on scene. Andrew Miller, 34 years old, born 26th of January, 1975. Caucasian male, 150 centimetres tall, weighed 50 kilograms. Slender, red hair, brown eyes, Husband of Joseph Miller. Mr. Miller received one stab wound to the heart, proving fatal. The victim was also pushed off the second floor, into the house's living room, and through the glass table. This did not prove fatal. The stab wounds appeared to be the cause of death, by an unseen. Lily Miller, 8 years old, born 19th of February, 2001. Caucasian, female, 120 centimetres tall, 25 kilograms, brown hair, Brown eyes, daughter of Andrew and Joseph Miller, suffocated by assailant, died on scene. Further information. One surviving member of the family placed into child protection. Services name? Redacted. No apparent motivation. No item stolen. No fingerprints or biological material left in the crime scene to identify murderer. Case status. Case shut. Murderer, not caught. Redacted. Still in protective custody with? Redacted. Family. Case shut on the 22nd of November, 2015. Oh. Now. 
report. I've been researching, and I thought I could help, but now I'm not so sure. I think you might have a brain tumour that's causing hallucinations. But I was listening back to your voice messages, and my phone didn't ring. In fact, some of the phone calls were made moments before or after I called you, meaning I would have heard them. I think something else might be happening, and I don't think it's you becoming a ghost. The Wild World of the Unseen, written by J.C. Clark, read by Lisa Clark. Chapter 1. Abstract knowledge, defined as knowledge of energy exchanged between living and dead people, animals, and things that cannot be used by all, that cannot be seen by all, that cannot be comprehended by all, and that which alters the world. Abstract knowledge, while prevalent in mythology, is seen as mythology and not as a literal ability. This is due to the energy exchange within a being and their world. Certain energy exchanges prevent affirmation of other energy exchange potentialities, and thus result in the creation of myth and lore. Due to the past continuing negative consequences, the Secrecy Act was created by the Abstract World Council in the early 1900s, preventing disasters like the vampire hunts and witch hunts in the world today. An example of a being which employs the use of abstract knowledge to survive is the dragon. The dragon exchanges energy with certain extreme climate environments, which allows them to expend massive amounts of abstract knowledge. But this energy exchange also keeps them alive. If the exchange place died, unless the dragon wishes to perish, as it is sometimes the case with these specific connections, they must move and establish another connection. These environments in being energy exchanges are known as positional relationships. Both the land and the creature benefiting from the exchange both rely upon the other. It is here we see that the earth is a creature and an alive being. I just got kidnapped by a person who was hiding in a bush and who was, and I'm not joking, wearing a cloak. I'm not really sure how to feel right now because I can't have been kidnapped by hallucination. Which is my latest theory, by the way. And if I did get kidnapped by a hallucination, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerning do you think that would be? So, after I was accosted by the cloaked person, she dragged me into an occult shop. It is at this point where you may be asking yourself, why didn't you leave, or scream, or anything? Well, that is a good question, my friend who can't hear this. <sighs> One, she was very, very strong. Like, I'm pretty sure she could lift a small car if she put her mind to it. And two, I froze. Not in the sense of I couldn't move. More in the sense of my brain short-circuited and I just went. I mean, it happens. The occult shop was very purple, very small, and very neat. Both in the sense of well-organized and kind of cool. They also had swords hanging on the back wall, which I thought was awesome person behind the counter ignored us. She knew we were there, but she looked like she didn't care, like this was perfectly normal, and I'm not sure if I should be impressed or concerned about that. But there we go. It was at this point my kidnapper served me violet tea and sat down at a small circular table, the kind that looked like it was for tarot readings and or tea leaf readings. I didn't drink the tea. For the first time in the whole journey, I finally saw my kidnapper's face. 
She looked annoyed, and this is how our conversation went. Huh, you just let me kidnap you without any questioning or fighting back? Me, why did you kidnap me? Her, why are they after you? Me, who? Her, the Purple Violet Organization. Me, of which this shop must be a part of. Her, unimpressed silence. Me, look lady, I don't know what's happening, and as far as I'm concerned, the only person who's after me is you. She then proceeds to lean back in her chair, looking slightly unimpressed, but also impressed, and says, you should probably look into that. And then, like she's not the one who kidnapped me, she leaves. Also, what rubbish name is the Purple Violet Organization? I've never heard of a more fake-sounding name. Anyway, on the front of research, I haven't been getting far on the internet. The only real explanations I've been getting are ones that include hallucinations caused by a wide range of possible injuries and or illnesses, from head trauma to brain tumours to high fevers, none of which I have. If it's not medical, it might be mystical. Or just very strange. I don't know. But regardless, I think that's a job for tomorrow. Maybe the lady behind the counter knows something. Okay. Love you. Bye. Be safe. She has got no clue. Absolutely useless. Also, absolutely shielded. Which shouldn't be possible for someone who knows nothing. Which means something's going on here. Her life force felt strong, but... Hmm. Should have kept Errol alive in the loosest sense of the word. The question is, why are they all here? And if so, are they the ones shielding her, or is it something else? Madeline. Hmm. Definitely could spell this. Just need a few ingredients. Necromancy, family tome of the North family, taken from Subject 3 during the Rise of the Kings. Section 2 out of 8. To raise the dead, it must be first understood that not all souls wish to be raised, and offending the dead can prove to be unfortunate for Necromancer, who dabbled without permission, even so far as causing the Necromancer's own permanent death. Furthermore, an agreement should be struck with the Terminus as to offend the Reapers would also be unfortunate. Other considerations when making such contracts include the soul cultures concerning death, as well as a possible religious beliefs and from where the soul is being resurrected. And if in resurrecting the soul, you are sacrificing another for the for the for the for the for the, for the form. Additionally, the soul's strength and energy connection compared to yours should be weaker as the soul, if strong enough, can take and will move forth. This can cause a breakage of contract resulting in traditional means of death being necessary to return the soul to its terminus. Additional considerations include cost as for a soul to be resurrected, they take part of your soul and you hold the weight of their actions during resurrection, even if the contract is broken. This could sway alignment in your own weight in the other and thus should be carefully considered. The preliminary rituals are expanded upon the course of the rest of this section, as well as first steps in death. Please note additional rules listed before attempting first resurrection. The Immortality Ledger. No one can achieve immortality the same way. 
Read and move forward. With luck, you know not what you ask, what you do, what you will become. Entry one translated from forgotten language to English. The first, I achieved immortality through the blessed. The blessed who knows all, sees all, and who can die. They are blessed. Hey, I、uh, looked around your work, and there's no occult store. The closest one is sixty minutes away by car, and you said you didn't drive. And from your story, I assumed it didn't take long to reach. I looked for a purple store, but couldn't find one of those either. Maddie, I'm worried you might have hallucinated the entire thing. I don't think you're getting these, but now I think someone might be experimenting on you, filling the air with drugs, preventing you from receiving any calls. It makes sense. I'm trying to find the motel you were staying at by using sound software to isolate the background noise, but I'm not having much luck. I'm going to keep trying, and if I can't find you by the end of tomorrow, I'm calling the police. Okay, I love you. Keep holding on. Audio recording. Of what walks among us by Gerald Downstown, the list of the damned. If it is empty, pray for their souls. If it has names, pray for their souls. Pray for their souls and curse this foolish world for its contingencies. The names of the damned are as follows: Madeline. I went back to the occult shop and looked for books on everything from ghost lore, just in case, to the supposed purple violets. I gave it a few hours first. Obviously, I'm not insane. Also, as I know of your general lack of faith in my ability to obey the law, yes, the store was still open, and no, I didn't break and enter again, accidentally or on purpose. When I entered, I said hi and asked about the books. The nice lady led me to the back room. She didn't speak very much or at all. I asked what time they closed, but she ignored me and left. I'm actually still there now. Okay, I have found both a lot and nothing. On the nothing front, there's nothing about the supposed purple violet organization. But there have been a lot of organizations continually starting and ending with a bunch of names, never the same name, and the majority terrible. But similar to the Purple Violet organization, everything from the Red Rose organization to Effervescent Dream Inc. My hunch is that maybe they are all the Purple Violet organization, if it's even a thing, because no way could there be that many badly named companies. If so, they have a lot of history, according to most newspapers, and I use that term loosely. They've been a part of aid response to many natural and unnatural disasters, as well as having reach within high-ranking members of society and government. But they also sound like a conspiracy theory. So, for now, they mean nothing until I have something that I can call proof. Now, on the note of having something. I have something, or rather, a lot of possible somethings. At the moment, I have about six possibilities, and here they are. I am a ghost cursed by a witch, cursed by a vampire, cloaked by a witch, 
turning into something, or something else caused by abstract knowledge, which turns out to be the key in all myth and lore, at least according to all the books in this giant room. The storefront may be small, but the back room is a library. Okay, the best explanation I found was from The Wide World of the Unseen by J.C. Clarke. However, I'm going to explain it, how I've come to think of it, from not only Clarke's explanation, but also from a bunch of other books. Okay. So, imagine the world is a ball that you can hold. Now, imagine you put that ball in a net. Okay, if I'm reading this right, imagine the lines you see are common knowledge, things you can learn if you dedicate time to do so. For example, physics, math, psychology, art, etc, etc. Now, imagine the spaces are all the things that humans cannot learn. These things are abstract knowledge, for example, necromancy, spellcasting, pyromancy, and all those sorts of things. Okay, now some humans can know these things, where others just can't. And then there is another difference between the people who know all the theory and those who can actually wield abstract knowledge. For example, there's a difference between knowing how to raise the dead and actually being able to do so. Some people can use abstract knowledge, others can't. Looking further into it, it's all about energy exchange and where you draw energy from. All creatures are reliant upon it, but not all can know it. It's confusing. But it could explain why some people can't interact with me. There is a seventh option. One I, I really don't want to consider. But it was also mentioned only once, and I could be in the process of erasure. Not many people survive it, to put it simply. I could be I could be fading from existence. This is also backed up by a weird interaction I had like three hours ago, because to get to this shop I have to walk past work. And who was there? The weird intern? The one who was watching me? Anyway, the weird intern proceeds to say, and I quote, You shouldn't exist. I mean, they could just be a jerk. But I don't know. I mean, well, it's no less plausible than being a ghost, and in a weird, abstract way, it does make the most sense. And if it's the case, I don't have... I mean, I don't think I have much time. In fact, I shouldn't have had time to begin with, because people who fade from existence, they're not supposed to exist. Literally. It's the universe erasing its own mistake. But I could be wrong, right? I, I could just be hallucinating. I didn't stay to talk to the weird intern, though. But I think I might try tomorrow, just in case they know something. I, I miss you. And September. But I've been missing them for a while now. It's a familiar ache. Your ache is, is more noticeable, I guess. But the good news is, I guess I can fix this. Regardless of what it is, I just need to not run out of time first. On that cheery note, I'm gonna go. Okay, love you. Bye. Be safe.
nightmare. I just I needed to talk. Um, do you mind if I talk to you? I just I need to breathe and sleep and. Okay, so I was in Kaipo Forest, the one between Meadows and Achanga, and it started off alright. Green, cool, just me wandering, feeling peaceful, but then it started to change. The trees started to change, and I was stuck. And the trees turned into two bloody severed hands and legs all bending in the breeze in one horrible concophony of movement. And the ground was slick with blood. And I ran, but I kept falling and slipping and falling, and I was covered in blood. Then the limbs started to decay. Giant swaths of flesh began to fall and crash down around me. I was covered in pus and blood and gore. I kept running. I had to. You'd think the ground would be soft, but no. My feet, they were being shredded by something. I don't know what. I was... I was in so much pain. I kept running, and there was always more forest. Each limb kept decaying until there was only bone left. I kept running and I couldn't get out. I couldn't escape. I've never run so hard in my life. And then, then I hear you crying. From, from deep in the forest and I have to turn back. But in the decaying flesh, there are all these worm-like creatures wriggling and writhing. And I look down at my own arms and suddenly they're decaying too. And I scream, and that, that's when I woke up. It was awful. I, I wish you could pick up, so I know you're okay, but I, I'm also not an idiot, and I know that's not possible. I wish you could, though. I miss you. I, I miss you and September and home, and I'm going to go. I need to turn on the light. Love you. Be safe. The universe was a tricky place, but we danced there, made it our home. You were a sparkling ball of space dust. So was I. And then we were fish, then dinosaurs, then unicorns and frogs, birds, bugs, wolves, and then humans. And how could we explain to others that we had feathers together? One time, a long time ago, then you were stolen from me. Too soon you died, too soon you were stardust, and I was left being a person, alone. Stolen, written, and read by Jane. Exist was produced by Mortality Works, directed and written by Ashley Thompson, assistant director Simone Beeson, edited by Simone Beeson, music by Tiana Allen, voice actors and characters Callista, The Immortality Ledger, Necromancy Tome, Random One, and Clark were voiced by Tiana Allen. The Voice of Mortality Works was voiced by Simone Beeson, Gerald and 
police officer were voiced by Jason Burgess. Erin was voiced by Jesse Burton. Alexander and Poem were voiced by Tristan O'Neill. Madeline Miller was voiced by Ashley Thompson. Crallon was voiced by Morgan Thompson. If you wish to support our continued existence, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Additionally, if you have the means, consider donating to our Patreon, Mortality Works. Need more proof of our existence? Come check us out at Mortality Works, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hope you have a wonderful existence.